0: The strongest stars have hearts of
1: Kaiba. I'm one with the Force of Forces with me.
0: Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle
2: station. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Well, that's we have to start somewhere.
3: Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 200, recorded January 18th, 2024. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team. The other half with me is... Well,
2: that would be me. I'm Michael Diaz. How's it going, Joe? Welcome back.
3: Whew. Been a long month. Uh, thank you, listeners that are out there um, that have asked, you know, what's going on. Um, Just a few life changes, but uh, no big deal. We're back at it and super excited to be here in our 200th episode. We have a few guests with us today. Uh, Some of our favorite contributors over the last 200 episodes, uh, at least ones that still wanted to partake with us anyways. Um, We got our friends uh, Alan Lugo, Chris Eichenseer, and Michael Dunn. Hello, guys.
1: Hey, Greetings. good to be here.
0: We were the ones that were available tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. you know,
3: they're, they're filling in for, uh, Mark Hamill was supposed to be on the show, but he <laughs> was, he was pulled away, uh, for other, other stuff to do. So.
2: Yeah. At the last minute, very unprofessional, Mark, you should, you know, give us more head up on this.
3: Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, 200 episodes. Uh, it's a privilege and, and fun to be out here doing this stuff. But uh, so, we're going to have a, a fun discussion today. We're going to talk about some news. We'll get into some of our geeks this week. And later on, we'll talk about what our hopes and dreams and uh, thoughts might be for 2024 uh, for this genre of entertainment. And maybe some of our favorite things over the last five years that the KyberCast has been around. So, Michael, why don't we jump right into the news? And you are our Walter Cronkite of uh, the KyberCast. Why don't you you leave the news going?
2: You sure joke is that first one. That's a big one for you. you. I know you're excited, aren't you? Of course. You take it. I'll I'll give it to you. You take that first one.
3: Well, this is old news, but it's like a week old. Uh, But... Uh, allegedly, And I say this with anything coming from the Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy era, allegedly there's going to be a movie shot called Mando and Grogu. Um, and I have no idea what it's going to be. Is it going to lead into a season four? Is it going to be uh, a one-off? Is it, uh, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm excited, but I won't believe it until I'm in the theater.
2: Right. It's coming out uh, right before Rogue uh, Rogue Squadron, I think.
3: Rogue Squadron. Right. Too soon. Too, Too soon. soon.
2: <laughs>
3: okay, sorry. Chris, you and I texted over this. What do you What do you think about uh, this wonderful uh, uh, announcement?
4: I was I was just gonna say, uh, Michael. We, we, did you forget we just saw Rogue Squadron in the theater just two weeks
2: ago? Remember, it was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That's when it was supposed to come out, was two weeks ago.
2: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Chris. There you go, there you go man. Nah, well, it, Joe had said it off to you, but I, listen, I love The Mandalorian, all right? Uh, last season was not the strongest season. So, I, I don't know, maybe if they had announced this after season two, I'd be more hyped. But right now, it seems like the safe option are like all right we we're gonna do something really cool we we're gonna do rogue squadron that went to shit uh we but we need to make money because we haven't put anything out in a while so uh, let's just do mando and grogu because everyone likes those and we can sell a bunch of plushies that's how i feel about it.
4: <laughs> it it i agree uh it it does feel like shifting sands left and right at lucasfilm it doesn't strike confidence uh that anything is planned, uh, expected, thought through. Um, it does sound like they had a, some meetings over the holiday break and, you know, cooked up something to say because they didn't have a Ray movie ready. Yeah. It, it's, it's really unnerving, especially when there was rumors for the last six months that they were thinking of smashing season four of Mando into a movie. And then sadly, you know, the last thing I'll say about it is the title. Just it's like Starsky mm-hmm. and Hutch or some kind of like buddy cop thing. And like, that's not, I'm just tired of the character names for movies. It's unoriginal. It's un- uninspiring. It sounds like Marvel superheroes to me. Um, it does. It, you know, I just, it's like calling Return of the Jedi Luke part three. Yes. Then... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Right. It's just, I'm getting tired of it. And honestly, it's also sad to me that something like a TV show like Mandalorian, that's as, as good as it is, that you have to, you know, that you're alluding to season two as season two, that it doesn't have like some kind of title that feels meaty. You know, it doesn't sound Star Wars to say something, something season one, two or three, but anyway. Yeah.
3: I, can I let's go back, Chris you and I photo shoot in uh Texas in Austin Texas when a certain movie came out called the last Jedi and I remember you and I talking and uh you were very Anna, they must have a plan right like they these people know what they're doing they have a plan they know where this is gonna go no this <laughs> How do you feel about that statement now? Uh, all this time later, you, you remembered that, Joe. Thanks.
4: I do. There's <laughs> yeah. a big discussion. Well, will see. I I continually approach this from a place of optimism, um, where I I go, yeah, but like I like you said, yeah, like I that's what I would have said. Yeah, they it feels wonky, but they've got to have a plan. Like surely they've talked about a plan, and I think. To be fair, I think that there were threads of the sequel trilogy that had a plan or had some thought of where they were going to go. Though Adam Driver just recently upended that notion a little bit when he talked about (laughs) what's going to just go dark. Um, I want to believe that there's a plan. Um, But at this point now, in the last... Honestly, it's just been the last... like. After the rise of Skywalker, it's felt shakier and shakier and shakier. And the book of Boba Fett de- deflated me a lot. Obi-Wan uh, was deflating. Andor was incredible. And then I'm honestly watching Ahsoka and thinking like, man, the nerds who've watched all the animation don't really understand what's going on. They're approaching the story like you've seen it all, but yet the people who have don't really understand what's going on with some of the relationships. I I don't know. I'm just starting to just wish that there was somebody who had a master plan.
3: Alan, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think uh, to pull on the same thread you guys are talking about, it's starting to feel a little like I'm going to make like an extreme example here like a little bit of like The Walking Dead, where like if you don't have the defined end, you kind of just start like reaching and grasping and throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and, oh, let's have guest writers and let's have this person take over this show. Oh, this is a hot new director. Let's have him own a sequel, a series. Right. And it starts to become, um, it may be diluted to a simple way to think about it, but it's just a little bit too all over the place without as much focus. But I think to some extent too, it's like when you push out that much content, like, you know, like in reality, you're never gonna push out that much content and have them all be like super precise, unless you're just somebody's just ruling it with an iron fist, and and that person has to be the right person. So, um, yeah, there's been it's funny how there's some really hits and misses, but then every, like things, especially now, starting from you know the, the the sequel trilogy to where we are now, it seems like the decisions have been like a lot more knee jerk, quick sort of flavor of the month decision making and sometimes it works out and sometimes it's like oh yeah afterwards like oh, that felt kind of like cheap and saccharine uh, a bit you know like there were still some elements in there but um some stuff just doesn't quite land the way that you would hoped it did I always get excited um and so but you know it is starting to wear on me though I, I don't know if it's all of the Star Wars and all the Marvel stuff that we've been hit with and maybe we've already hit the, the the peak of the mountaintop on those franchises in our lifetimes but I just feel like it's like well you know like sure when it comes around in theater maybe I'll go see it but I just don't get excited about it anymore like like some of these the trailers that came out like I don't even want to watch the trailers because I'm like I, look just tell me when it's coming out and I'll go see it
3: Michael Dunn what do you think
1: um When The Force Awakens was announced, I was excited. I'm like, okay, we get to finish it. But it's been said by a lot of people I've talked to at that point in time, Marvel was the big kid on the block. Everyone was trying to imitate Marvel as far as having everything connected, everything talking to each other. Star Wars needed a Feige from the beginning. They needed one person, and for the sequel trilogy, they needed to have it storyboarded out. And I always felt they needed one director for all three films.
3: Well, they had a guy named George, but they just didn't want to use him.
1: I don't know why. Right. (laughs) And it was it's it was so disjointed from movie to movie to movie, like after the as polarizing as the Last Jedi was. They didn't know what to do afterwards. Hence why we got Rise of Skywalker, which I've only seen once, which was the last movie I saw before the world shut down.
3: (laughs) 2019. Well, here's my... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: And I think we're being overloaded with Star Wars content. And those of us that are of a certain age, we're not used to it. It's like, you want it more when there wasn't any you wanted more but now that we got it we're like i think you know someone said the new trilogy the sequel trilogy is made for kids but why forget about those of us that grew up on the og trilogy you know include us but also chime in other people but get your ducks in a row Sit down. Stop just throwing random stuff on the wall and, hey, let's go with this.
3: Yeah, a couple things. I think, you know, as far as the Mandu, Mandu, Mando Grogu film, uh, this is what I think. Coming from a corporate world where, where they put a lot of money in a Disney Plus, it's not making what they thought. It's making money, but let's, you know, they put out a lot of money to create this content. They haven't had a film in the theater. It'll be five years now, which is a huge mistake, right? So they're like, what can – and and what's his name? Iger came back, and he's like, we've got to get a film. Well, we don't really have a script ready for all this stuff. We keep throwing shit away. We don't know what we're doing. And you can just hear the boardroom saying, what about this Mando guy? Can't we make him in the movies? Why don't we do something there and get something up there, goddammit, because we need people in the theaters – that we can put this movie in to get tickets sold, and then get that back on a Disney Plus. And I, I one hundred percent believe this is a corporate decision. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad. I mean, Fafro is a hell of a director. He knows what he's doing. I'm not going to. I'm going to. I'm going to hope right. for the best. Uh, but I definitely think that, like, listen, we can't go with the Ray movie right away because they're still pissed at us. Let's get people in the theaters with something they love, a little green kid. And he, it'll sell tickets. Now, I, I, I hope that Filoni and Favreau, I believe, are better than most in having a plan. So I'll, Now, whether we like it or not, that's a different story. But I think they'll have a, a slightly better plan than before. And, again, and then one more thing is that I listened to, uh, um, oh, my gosh, Rick Rubin the other day. He says this in many podcasts, and I'm reading his book. The best creative is when you make it for yourself. And George Lucas made that stuff for himself.
2: Right.
3: And what Disney does now is try to make the right thing for everyone and thinking that it's going to be a hit. And that's why the creativity is gone. It's a conglomerate. It's like it's like uh, Nashville country music now. It's like you've got 50 people. They're making things to be a certain thing because they think it's going to be a hit and it's going to be a blockbuster. When if you just made it for yourself creatively – I think that's that's what's missing. It's it's not that it's heart, but some of it maybe it is heart in a way.
2: I want to respond to just a couple of things. Real there, I know I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about just this, but I know um, we're already there, <laughs> right? We're already uh, you know a quarter of the way there. But um, a couple of things I want to respond is that what what Dunn said about you know make it for both the kids and the OG fans. I believe they did that the first two seasons of Mandalorian. Did the third season Uh do that? I don't know. But I still, one of my favorite things is after watching that first season of The Mandalorian, it reinvigorated something in me because I, like Chris had noted, I I beat him to being beat down. Okay, Uh, Chris was on our episode when we talked about uh, the rise of Skywalker and Chris was very positive. I was already, I was done. They beat it out of me. So, first thing on that, Chris, welcome to the dark side. Thanks. Keep down, come, come down here with me. But also, <laughs> that first season of The Mandalorian, it did reinvigorate something because I said that's it. That show made me feel like I felt when I first saw Star Wars at, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever it was. So, it has the potential, but like Joe said, it seems like it was decision made by corporate committee that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be bad, mm. but I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't have the same feeling that I have after for season one of the Mandalorian. So I'm concerned. Hey, to, to touch on a, on a historic topic of this 200th episode
0: show, is it fair or let me, let me throw this out there to the crowd here. I feel like of the five years or of the post- third trilogy all the tv stuff or whatever i think that the thing that i'm most disappointed in or i feel like is the biggest fumble of this franchise is the sort of generic misunderstanding of why people liked boba fett and oh yeah that series is the one like sure it had some great little things had some great things i thought were really cool but i'm like man like what what I fell in love with Boba Fett so much for, I felt like basically was in non-existent in that whole series.
3: It Which just, is strange because when he was so in
0: when he was doing cameos in the Mandalorian, but then it just turned into like just some goofy sort of like, uh, buddy comedy kind of a thing. I don't know.
3: No, you're right. That was the disappointment because in Mando season two, he like kicked ass and that was oh, like, yeah. holy, crap you know,
4: he was perfect in that season. Yes. And I, you know, Michael the uh, Diaz to to go off what you're saying there. I went back and watched season 1 of The Mandalorian recently and I I I felt exactly what you're saying even now looking back and thinking like yeah, some of this stuff has been wobbly. That season wasn't wobbly at all and it was agreed. Potentially, I have this like brewing theory that like, you know, I think of big corporate stuff, I I often think about fear, fear gets its way and weaves its way around all those different people who are involved in a, in a big ass company like that. Um, It's hard to avoid. And then, but what, what Mandalorian season one had going for it is it, it probably was one of the biggest and boldest thing that things that they had done because it didn't involve any legacy characters. There was freedom and there was the ability to get invested in something new and like watch the potential of that thing kind of blossom the way it did when you first saw Luke Skywalker come onto the yes. screen.
1: 100% and,
4: yeah. And I, and then it follows other things where I think, I remember Kathleen Kennedy talking about not wanting to do trilogies anymore. We're going to, you know, not commit to that. Um, that sounds like fear to me. Um, I've heard that they are scared about numbering films in the saga that sounds like fear to me uh dialing out the big crawl and the big the big yellow crawl with the explosive music sounds like fear to me because that's like saying here comes an epic story get ready strap in and all of a sudden you know they're they're just not doing that and they're doing it in all these weird alternative formats um there's just a lot of like notes that i keep and I, i keep feeling from them that that come from what i would that i'm guessing feels like just like decisions made in fear like i think if i mean they, they invented the trilogy why would you walk away from that format and you could use that in the shows you could use that in movies just like put up three things beginning middle and end go for it like big swings and i i feel like star wars is it's like oh no 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 just that everyone knows that character's name we'll call it that maybe we're in for a season maybe not like it or you know it's just or or these movies they've announced like none of them are being committed to as trilogies i don't know it just doesn't star wars is big right the, the core one of the core conceits of the franchise is that it's huge
2: it should be yeah
3: yeah, I totally agree. Well, as we move on, like it was we'll probably jump back into this a little bit later. Um but so in news, uh the Ray movie is allegedly back. Like it's not really being pushed back. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Um hopefully that will be fine and, and we can talk about that uh, when we get into our future talk. Um and Andor, 7 days left of shooting and they'll be done shooting. Wow. So uh for season 2, now arguably uh we can have a quick and talk here. Um, it didn't follow any of those rules. It didn't have a crawl. It didn't do any of that, but it worked for some reason. That movie worked, um, at least for me. It worked pretty well. It just kind of jumped into it. It was, it was, it just went right into it, um, and I dug that. And I liked this the 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 show a lot, but it missed a little bit of star Wars in that. Like there's you no, know, the levity wasn't there. It's not for kids. Like that no. is not for kids and that's fine. Um, but I, I did like the show a lot and I'm looking forward to season, season two, Mr. Dunn, what are your thoughts on, on, on Andor? Did you enjoy it?
1: I enjoyed it. It's, it was for me, it was more geared towards adults. I like the slow burn of it. um, where there was a buildup to everything, especially the middle episodes, and then going towards the end. Um, It was something that I look forward to every time it dropped because I'd watch it on the morning before I go to work. I'd get up, start my coffee, watch a new episode. Um, I think there should be, I won't say there should be more adult content, but you can divvy it all up for adults, for kids whatnot, but to me it wasn't perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I look, I mean, like, I look forward to it, like, when I got up that morning, I had to make sure I put my headphones in so I didn't wake up my wife.
3: Hmm. Has anybody, like, I have, I, I said I was going to sit down and watch it back to back because I haven't done that. Has anybody just watched it straight through? Or because I just watched it When it happened, but I haven't gone back and watched it like all the way through. I wonder if it it would feel different.
2: Yeah, I haven't.
0: We're too old. None of us have time for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right.
4: It's hard to find that time.
0: We're old enough to not have time yet, and too old to have (laughs) time now. Right. But I, I think I think the thing that's interesting with Marvel and Star Wars again, because they're putting out so much content, right? Like. Sometimes I think it does work when they're basically like, let's make it a heist, but Star Wars, let's make it a Western, but Star Wars, you know, let's make it a whatever, but Marvel. And I think that can work sometimes. And I think Andor is an example where it did, right. It was sort of this kind of like spy, you know, infiltration type D story. Like, I, I yeah, I did. I really liked it. And then, you know, when you it had this sense of like micro and macro, right. So you have this really small story with just a few people, but then it starts to build and you're like, Oh, this is part of something bigger. And oh, and then all the way to the end, like the ultimate macro, which is like, Oh, they're building parts to the death star. Right. Like those things I liked about it uh, a lot. Whereas I felt like that's where in like, you know, I'm drawing a sharp contrast, but in like the book of Boba Fett, I felt like it was just like a, like a show that you'd come home and watch at like, you know, 8 30 on a tuesday on NBC or something
3: and and no lizzo lizzo wasn't in Andor, which is good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right was, uh, go ahead go ahead chris
4: uh, i was just gonna say yeah yes to all of that and i i and to what you guys are saying that um and you know again like i feel like that show like mando season one was uncharted territory you didn't know what was gonna happen who was gonna be involved and I absolutely love the fact that Tony Gilroy approached that by telling all of the actors and cast and crew to to forget that you're in Star Wars and to give this true performance and true sort of like lose yourself in the part. I think where yeah, where like Book of Boba Fett falters and Ahsoka falters is in that like it feels like everyone involved is aware that this is Boba Fett and this right. is Ahsoka and it screws up everybody's ability to understand like what the stakes are, like, you know, cause you're, they're bringing in all of that excitement and hype and baggage. So I just wanted to say, yeah, I mean,
3: I'm pretty sure that George Lucas didn't have to tell like Mark Hamill, like pretend you're not in star Wars. Cause it, it wasn't a thing. Just we're doing a movie here. Um, But uh, Alan brought up Marvel, so let's move forward uh, a bit. So it's been – an interview with Vincent D'Onofrio said that the Daredevil from Netflix is now canon for the new Daredevil uh, being shot for Marvel. They they scrapped the original script and and going back. Um, Now, I love the Daredevil Netflix series. I think it's one of the best – Shows on Netflix, whether it's it's a superhero or not. Um, Michael has yet to watch season three. It's kind of an ongoing joke. Um, he'll watch stupid shit, but he won't watch that. Um, and it's it's one of the best seasons of television ever. He'll
0: be first one in line for those DC movie and Star Wars. Uh, or Star hey, Wars. I watched
3: Rebel Moon. Okay. Yeah, you wasted Rebel Moon time, and you you still haven't watched Daredevil season three.
1: That
2: was a waste. Holy shit! Terrible.
1: Hey, I haven't oh. seen. I haven't watched season
2: three
1: either.
3: It's so good. It is. It is just fantastic.
2: Well, have uh, you noticed uh, at the beginning now? There's this now Marvel Spotlight that new credit. Apparently, is, uh, Marvel Spotlight is supposed to be for those shows that are uh, one-offs, not one-offs, but not as tied. Like, apparently, you're not ha- you don't have to get into all the canon. You can kind of just watch the show, and it should have enough to give you the story you need. But also a little bit darker a little bit more adult, a uh, bit more like Netflix was. Got
3: it. So anyway, do you guys, what's your thoughts on the, that being canon? Good thing or bad thing?
0: TBD, it. right? Like what are they going to do with it? Like, hey, it wasn't canon or it was canon. To this point, it doesn't matter. I watched it. So I think it's. To be determined on if if that matters. What do they do next? Right? I mean, I haven't seen uh what's the, the Echo Echo like. That's one where I'm like, oh, sounds like people are kind of interested in it, but I'm like, oh, I, don't know. I, I don't have the time or desire to watch it. But
1: maybe I will at some point. I just finished it up today.
3: I, I, it's one of my geeks this week. I, I watched it. And I quite enjoyed the six episodes. Actually, I know a lot of people are giving Five. it shit, but I, I kind of liked it myself.
2: Same. I approved. I thought it was good. It was. A, it was. Good pacing.
3: Yeah, it was a nice. It was a nice look. There's nothing absolutely new in that at all. There's nothing new in any of yeah. that go. It's it's you know, um, so many of the same tropes everywhere. Go back into the hometown. You know, yeah, I could see Clint Eastwood and High Plains Drifter. You know, it's it's kind of like that too. And, and there's a lot of things in there that's like that. But um, good show, good show. But what I guess what I'm saying is, if Daredevil's canon, will that be Luke Cage? Will, will he be back? Which I hope was one of my favorites. Would Jessica Jones, since it's can't like the same actors, um, you know? I would, I would hope. I would wonder if they're bringing them back. That's all. If that has
1: any things. to do. Can we ignore Iron Fist though?
2: Oh yeah, rumor is the new Iron Fist is going to be a female anyway. That's rumor though, but there is uh, what uh, also the rumor because they wiped out. What they had done on the Daredevil I new mean, Daredevil show that they are going to be Foggy and carrying in, yeah. Which but again, they should have done that in the first place. One hundred percent agree.
3: Chris, you, do you get into Daredevil? Are you? I, I'm not sure if you watched the Marvel stuff or not.
2: Um, well, I, when I
4: will, I, I never caught Daredevil, but I had friends who don't dabble in the comic book stuff get into that real hard and love it and just love it like it sounds like an amazing show that you I should love. watch
1: it you need, season, you need yeah. season one of daredevil in your life you need that yeah. hallway scene in your life
0: yes you do yeah
1: That's i remember true.
0: i remember watching those all as they were coming out and being generally excited for the the defenders or whatever um but that was a different time right so a lot of things in that franchise and star wars and it like you know, now I'm just so beat down with like clearly what is just like money grabs and risk aversion decisions, like Chris mentioned. Like now I'm just like I don't know, whatever.
4: <laughs> How sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and it, it seems like the industry is suffering from from this right now. Uh, yeah. You know, and I I think it would be brilliant if if the lesson learned was to take. Um, to to be bold but also to like realize when the stories can be done without spending 250 million um and you know to just not expect people to show up because it's a superhero or a star wars
3: yeah yeah it's got to be character driven you got to care about it it doesn't matter what you spend like i watched marvels god that was terrible it was a horrible
1: movie
2: <laughs> <laughs> i am gonna put,
1: I'm gonna put yeah, a short a sports analogy here. The studios are acting like Jerry Jones. They want to have their, <laughs> they have their fingers in everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting for the Marvels to just make its way to Disney Plus, and then I'll watch it. That was my plan.
3: No reason to. <laughs> well, I, wow. I will say this, though. It, look, the industry in and it of itself is in a pickle. There's home entertainment systems are the so good now that it's it's unfathomable when we were younger that you would have what you have now
1: yeah.
3: it's expensive to go to the theater so you better see a spectacle the theaters don't know what to do because if we don't have a big you know the best thing that happened was Barbie and Oppenheimer in the last five years technically yeah big uh, people go to the movie theater and they don't know how to you know there's no way uh, a movie like Sex Lies and Videotape would ever make money at the movie theater now? Even when that first came out, it was it, it did yeah, well. it the was the
0: equivalent of the. I agree with that statement one hundred percent. The equivalent of that though is just all these whatever net, you know Netflix studio movies and Amazon studio movies and. Blah, and
3: that's blah, blah, fine blah. for home TV. What I'm saying is, how are how is the movie theater? How are the cinema and the theaters going to survive? Like what oh, what not. is it's, what's going to people? I no, I think it's well. something will always be there, but you know. What is that experience, and what do you have to see? Is it will will you have like big tentpole movies, and maybe more live events? Like, did they say, "Oh shit, this Taylor Swift concert that was even though it was a video did great movie theater"? What if it was live? Right. What, what mm-hmm. if those events were live, and now I can turn my AMC theater into uh you know a stadium where like. You can go see your v- band play live, even though it's you're not there. But it may feel better because you got a better sound system that you'll have. You'll have, you know, yeah.
0: you're with a crowd of fans. Like
3: you're with a crowd. You can yeah, get. I able, mean, I,
0: I think generally it'll go towards what you're describing, Joe, which is like, what are the things that are making money? How can we capitalize on those things? And it, that's going to go in a direction that's different. Like, I, it's not fair for us to say good or bad, but it's going to be different from what we knew, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, the Barbie. problem there, Joe, is that there. You, you have Taylor Swift, you have Beyonce, you have maybe Rihanna. After that, it, the drop off is huge. You don't have the big stars to even draw people in, even for that anymore. Yeah, maybe.
0: There's always there's always somebody they're gonna anoint and prop up there when when somebody else falls off.
2: Yeah, but you know, right now, really, the, the top of the mountain is is Taylor Swift and Beyonce. That's it. Yes, that's true. That's it.
4: <clears throat> and Barbie is a is a great example of um uh, sort of of that and not that. Like I think a betting person for the last 20 years would have bet that a movie about Barbie or Hot Wheels or whatever Mattel toy would be a disaster, right? Yeah. Would never work out. But then if part of what helps it a lot of course is Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and And an unbelievable lift from um, Greta and Noah Baumbach. And like, so there's a, there's a formula of like packing in like this sort of gene, all these kind of like auteurs and geniuses into a situation that something like that pops out. Um, So both. So again, it's like, that's almost like you could kind of calculate some of that to be like a, a, a good bet. But at the same time though, it does prove that like anything could be made into an incredible event. Because it's fucking. I'm sorry.
3: Because, no, you can swear. Yeah. We swear on this fucking show all the time. <laughs> Fuck
2: yeah, again. Yeah.
4: Okay, cool. It's it's fucking Barbie. I mean, like that. Yeah. That's that was a shock to me, and I loved the movie. I've, I've seen a, a couple times. Um. And it it made it was emotional. It actually made me emotional multiple times while watching it. But yeah. But that just goes to show. Like again, it's like. Same old thing. It's story. You know, the executives will draw the conclusion that it's toys and it's X, Y, and Z, but my God, it's story over and over again. It's story.
3: And she made it for herself. Like I said, the creativity is like, I'm going to create for me and and maybe the crowd will like it. Maybe they won't, but I'm making the decisions creatively because they're my decisions and how I want it to be. And lo and behold, people were starved for something new and they, they went out and saw it. So- and Oppenheimer. I mean, you've got a film auteur, which is a very, very good movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's The the potential right. is there to, to bring people in, but m- let's say marketers and executives get in the way of creative <laughs> still.
2: <laughs> yeah. is- well, if we're talking auteurs, what about the news that uh, 28 years later is coming out? That uh, Danny Boyle is working on that again with, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah. uh, Alex, uh, was it Garland?
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm not versed in that universe.
2: I
0: rewatched 28 Days Later, I don't know, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. And like, yeah, it kind of jumps out at you now. Like, oh my gosh, this was literally duct tape and scotch tape budget. But it was done like, but I don't say that in a bad way. Like it, it reminded me that they did pull it off like that. But it really was, it worked well. I loved it, and it was like a really well done sort of post-apocalyptic zombie movie. I think twenty eight weeks later, if I recall, I also sort of liked. I mean, this was they were ahead of the curve on the whole zombie renaissance. Um, So I'm willing to, I'm willing to get involved in that. I'm willing to give it a shot. Right now, we'll see. Like we now again we've saw so much zombie content in the last 10 to 12 years. Like, is that going to mean that it's going to be much harder to make me like it? I don't know.
2: Well, here's the thing. So Alex Garland, obviously, he's getting a lot of buzz right now because of his movie Civil War that's coming out. But he's also done some fantastic films. He did Ex Machina, right? Uh, He did, uh, uh, what else did he do? Uh, Annihilation, which was hard sci-fi and weird. Then you have Danny Boyle. I mean, what hasn't he done at this point? And they were the team that got together for that first movie. And yeah, they did it. I think they filmed that entire movie for $10. But it still works. But I think what's interesting, yes, it kind of relaunched the whole zombie craze. But he was actually a bit, I want to say prescient, because remember, they're not zombies. They're infected by rage. It's the rage virus. And... We're we perfect timing. In I'm sure
0: on the, the mic right now.
2: In this that's election,
3: an, election that's, cycle, What's what we need.
2: That's what I'm saying. Everyone, you know, they kind of... It, it, the movie came out, you know, 20 some odd years ago. And, you know, the internet was around then, but it isn't what it is now. And so it kind of saw, you know, obviously people weren't getting it from the internet. But kind of seeing that rage, rage is going to undo us. And everyone's, you know, up in arms about everything. So... They're bringing it back. They're envisioning a trilogy. Uh, Boyle is going to direct at least the first film, but I they're shopping it around as a potential tentpole trilogy to send to the studios. But it's interesting. We do have an art R2, Tour R2 or auteur in uh, well, both of them now at this point, uh, both Boyle and Garland. But is it enough to bring a franchise a franchise back that only had two films to begin with? I don't know.
3: I don't know, Michael. The next piece of news is right up your alley. This is your your group, so one, there's now. I see you have one thing there, but there's actually two things there. But I'll let you go.
2: <laughs> so this is, I say this as a fan. This is pathetic. Okay. Star Wars announces we're doing Mandalorian and Grogu. So not to be outdone, the next day Paramount's like. By the way, we're going to do another Star Trek film.
3: Two yeah. Star Trek films.
2: Okay. Well, the one that, you know, the big news is we're doing another well, I mean, they're doing the Section 31. That's going straight to Paramount. We already knew that.
3: No, no, no. They're doing a Chris Pine one.
2: I'll believe that when I see it, okay? They've oh, been saying that for a long time. But this other new Star Trek film, it's going to take place even before the Kelvinverse films. Because we need another prequel film, right? No.
0: I, you gotta I'm dig to get fan. the good chili. You gotta dig to the
2: bottom to get that good chili. <laughs> Listen, I am a Star Trek fan. I don't know if you see it. I've got a Star Trek comic book right here in full view. I this just showed up today. I look forward to reading it. I love Star Trek.
3: With his glasses off.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. I love them for different reasons. But even as a fan who loves Star Trek, this is not the news I care about. If they said, yes, Pine and them, they're back, they're filming a movie, you have my interest. Doing another prequel film that nobody gives a shit about? Are they trying to take the, enter- the Enterprise or whatever? Take take the whole fucking company? I don't know. I'm not happy about it. I'm ranting. I'm sorry. It's the rage. Well, no. Michael is not happy about it.
0: <laughs> things are, <laughs> The ship's going in the wrong direction for the Star Trek uh, franchise.
3: They might be worse than Star Wars. No, they are worse than Star Wars. I, I will say that 100%. Because there's nuggets in every Star Wars thing that's been put out that I like. Like, even in the Boba Fett, there's there's a few episodes I really liked. And it wasn't just the Mandalorian ones. Like, I actually enjoyed the first two episodes of Boba Fett. Just didn't move after that. But even in Obi-Wan, I mean, the fight... Between the the last fight with Obi-Wan and in and, and Anakin slash Vader, like when he cracked his helmet open, they were talking and the whole like dude, I was gone. I loved it. I loved every fucking second of that. Um and it made up for a lot of the losses of that show or the or the possibilities. But there was at least at least there's some nuggets in some of the Star Wars ones. Yeah. Um in Star Trek it's like bad, 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 Picard season three, pretty good.
2: <laughs> That's about yeah. all. I love season three. It was fantastic. Season three was great. Season two, I'm like, what?
1: Oh, Everyone
3: was what?
2: Even me, even me, done. Uh, I I was so patient, and I kept telling Joe that whole time we were covering it on this podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna wait and see if they can stick the landing, and they didn't. It, season two is a huge steaming turd.
1: Yeah, I, I tried, and I got to the end, and I scratched my head, and I went to work, and I scratched my head. I was like what
4: did I just watch <laughs> so, can you can somebody watch season 3 and just jump in on season 3
3: yes yes, 100% you can yeah you can watch
1: season 3 you just three have to understand I, that
3: you just have to understand that it's not really Picard
2: oh shut up it's not <laughs> it's fine don't listen to Joe
3: he's, a, he's I, a, re, basically a replicant he's an android replicant it's not him,
1: but okay. I think, I think season, but I think season three of Picard was what the next gen. It was the ending the next generation crew needed.
2: Yeah, because it was good. It, it's a good Nemesis show. was a big steaming pile too. Hundred percent agree. Even with Tom Hardy, it's still awful.
3: Yeah, it was pretty bad. Wow, Star Trek, Star Trek having trouble.
2: Well, I think that's a fantastic segue because. <laughs> Steve, talking about steaming piles of crap. Halo season two, the trailer is out. I haven't seen the trailer. I liked season one. I, I
3: enjoyed it. Michael oh, hated it. Michael hated oh it. Oh my gosh.
2: Let me just say, when season one got done, we covered it on the podcast. I said, Joe, I'm not watching another episode ever again. We are not covering you can cover season two. I am not watching another minute of that show. Yeah.
3: Did you guys ever watch did you guys watch Halo?
2: No.
0: I'll still put in my plug here that I've, I've planned to see it a couple times on this podcast that, if done right, I'm still ready to lay down my, whatever, $20 to get the popcorn and the 44-ounce Mountain Dew and the cookie dough bites and everything for a properly done Gears of War franchise.
3: It's coming out. That's under uh, Henry Cavill.
0: I've been hearing about it, but to me, that like that's in the same camp as Thundercats. Oh, oh
3: yeah. no, no. This one, I believe. It's just going to take some time to produce. Henry Cavill
2: is Warhammer. That is not Gears Oh, of-
3: I thought he was Gears of War. Sorry.
2: No, completely different. Got it. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, Come I on thought one was still just floating out there in the ether with Thundercats. Thundercats. Thundercats.
2: Oh. Good <laughs> Lord. Sorry. You said it three times.
0: Sorry. My, uh, <laughs> Michael, you did nail it right there with the, the tone. You'd get the Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. Same exact tone. Same delivery. <laughs> uh,
2: so, yeah. <laughs>
3: 2, Season
2: 2, something's happening. Joe will watch it.
3: Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll see. I mean, it's better than anything Star Trek's put out in the last fucking six years.
2: That's not true. You also liked at least the first season of Strange New Worlds. Yes. You know it was fantastic.
3: First season was very good. Second season was horrible. I disagree,
2: but that's what um, I
3: mean. All right, Geeks This Week. Basically, I'm just going to talk about these things because it's almost like news. Uh, for something different, I watched two shows on Apple+. Plus that I think are both incredible. Uh, Monarch, super fun, super fun show. Uh, Getting into the Godzilla, the monster uh, universe. And then for me as a series, For All Mankind is probably one of the best science fiction, not science fantasy, science fiction stories in the the last 10 to 15 years. It's just a really, really good show. Um, Has anybody else watched it but me that's on this panel?
1: Which show, Joe? The second one?
3: For all mankind.
1: Oh, no. I started. I started. I watched like the first episode, and I wanted to keep watching it, but at that time, I didn't have the time. That's on Apple TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay.
3: It's it's an alternate history of what if Russia got to the moon before we did. Ah, uh, I think I... It, It's not like the, the world slightly changed, but what it does do is. Because of the competition, it ramps up technology faster because the Russians kind of stopped after we got to the moon. They're like, well, I guess we wanted to do it. They just didn't, they didn't compete anymore as much as that, that we think that if they would have got their first, America would have tried to compete more and it would just kept building and building and building. Um, and there's some funny things in there, but it's really like, you know, uh, interesting thoughts of how things would have changed if they got there first. Um, and it's just, you know, there's drama, there's family dramas. It's like, you know, all the shows that have that have showrunners, there's there's other things that go through it. Like, you know, if you're watching like, uh, I don't know, Hill Street Blues or something, you know, it's like those shows had threads throughout, uh, but set in a different era. But it gets into politics, it gets into, um, you know, uh, bigotry and all the other things that, that the world has gone through in that time frame. Um it's it's a really good show. Really I, I think it's a really good show.
2: How well with the Hill Street uh blues reference show, I think you just alienated anyone that's not Gen X.
3: Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> good. That's my goal. So I think there's four seasons, Chris.
2: Four. Okay. Oh yeah. wow. Four.
3: Roughly ten to twelve episodes, I believe. And they're they're are s they're a solid hour. Forty eight minutes, fifty minutes.
2: I told you, Joe, I plan on watching it right after Daredevil season. Daredevil three. season three. Yeah, he watched all of second season Picard. And well, so did you. We, yeah,
3: I, I saw Daredevil three, so I don't know what your what, what's your comment.
2: Well, I did also watch again <laughs> Rebel Moon. <Yeah.
3: laughs> did everybody watch Rebel Moon? We should talk about that real quick.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, I did fall for it for a minute and said, "Wait a minute, was not this a Star Wars series I missed?" And then I was like, "What the hell? Who like? What, what are they trying to do with that shit? Come on, make,
2: get a more of a."
3: That's just terrible.
2: It's so bad.
3: There's some shots in there that make the the, uh, the volume of the Mandalorian look like it was shot in the real world.
4: <laughs> totally.
3: like It's like they literally did 1950s rear projection and just sat in front of it. And like, what the fuck am I watching right now?
2: And to be fair, I am not a Zack Snyder, one of those people that likes to pile on him. I actually didn't ever see Justice League until they released the Snyder Cut, and I was like, "All right, I got four hours to waste. Let's watch this." And I actually was very—I was entertained. So, yeah, you know, it that, is, was I, his, I, that was one of his best.
4: That uh, was one of
3: his best.
1: Yeah, I, I, just, I just recently watched rewatched the, uh,
2: the Watchmen a couple weeks ago.
3: That's a great movie. That's good.
2: Yeah, yeah. he has his moments. I, 300's fantastic. Uh, still one of his best films is Day of the Dead. I mean, that's you've got him directing and you've got a uh, Gunn who wrote the story. So who knew, you know, 15 20 years ago that was going to happen. It's a fantastic zombie movie, but not so much with Rebel Moon.
3: <laughs> not so much. Yeah, I
2: mean not
4: that so that movie, you know, and that of course that was such a Star Wars thing and people were speculating about it and i think man the 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 fandom menace would have jumped with full claws if uh rebel moon had been awesome and yeah. i was almost kind of glad that it wasn't for that just yeah. for that yeah no kidding but it was un- it was unwatchable it was
3: unwatchable I was on, and i watched the whole thing somehow it was Fair? unwatchable but i watched the whole thing
0: just <laughs> man man of conviction and commitment
3: well, it's like i gotta see how like you know i gotta see how bad it is i mean knowing that that fucking guy would come back to life, I'm like that guy's not dead hey, hey what's the, one? I,
0: like, i'm bouncing all around over here but there's what, a series that's like a future technology deal on disney plus that i've been hearing some good stuff about you guys see that one i don't know like android people i don't know i don't how know sure is this is it the hall there's of presence one here with a small child that actually has disney plus apparently
3: I have All Disney+. Right. Plus. I, have I just watched watch Percy Jackson. I'm caught up on Percy Jackson.
0: Well, then how are you guys out of the loop here? I don't
3: know. I don't what
4: know. did you guys think of the creator? Speaking of Star Wars adjacent properties, did you, anybody watch the
3: creator? Michael, I thought, did.
2: I did not. I did. Um, so much potential. For the money they spent, it looks fantastic. They should have gotten someone other than an eight-year-old to write it, though. Wait
4: a minute. I just remembered I listened to you and Joe review that, or I listened to you review that movie um, before I saw it. That's right. And I was like, oh, no. It's oh, not, no. Did you, agree,
3: did you agree with Michael's assessment?
4: Surprisingly, I I was invested. When I, when I watched it, I, so I went in with Michael's assessment. My bar was low, and uh, me and my son... <laughs> Me and my 13 year old son really enjoyed.
1: 13,
3: um, oh my god, yeah,
4: 13. Now. Sorry, yeah. good lord. Yeah, we we ate up the CGI and the the scenery. Uh, the, That's I, great. It felt yeah, it felt it felt like the closest I've ever seen to something that could be called Star Wars on Earth. Yes. Uh, which I've been kind of dying. Like I think that would be the perfect answer to a lot of the uh, the budgets and things like that. To just if somebody could invent something as compelling as star Wars, but with, with lasers and all that jazz, but just did it on earth. And that, that movie, I th- I just thought it was so beautiful. And yeah, there was some stuff you had to jump in to maybe give characters a little more emotional heft than the movie had kind of earned. Yeah. But over time, as I kept watching it, it started to kind of sink in and I really started to care. Um, and ultimately I would have, I'd give that movie like a B. Like a solid B.
0: So here's a very serendipitous moment. That's the one I was just talking about. I don't know why. I was on was a here. Disney Plus deal. <laughs> I is, that thought, it's thought is that I what it is? Is that what it is? It's on my Disney Plus book. That's oh, it's I'm on Disney about. Plus. Okay.
3: I'll watch it. I'll watch it on Disney Plus then. Okay.
2: But I don't think it is Disney Plus. Or maybe no, it is. I don't know.
3: I think Hulu? it's on Hulu.
2: That's the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a Fox movie, so. Oh, right, right, right.
3: Right. They're combining those anyways. You'll see a Hulu button on Disney you now.
1: Yeah, Disney because buttons. I can't even punch in on my Hulu app anymore on, on my TV. I just go into Disney Plus and then go into Hulu.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why I
4: was seeing it there then, because across,
1: across – That's synergy out. for
2: you.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Corporate synergy.
4: But how how about – Michael, did you think about Gareth Edwards and his – his what he gave to Rogue One after you saw the creator, could you kind of appreciate more of like, oh, I see what this wasn't all just rescued by Tony Gilroy. This was mm-hmm. a lot of Rogue One, I feel like, has Gareth Edwards all over it.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. I let me say this I though, I had issues with it, and I, I, I do want to watch it again now that I've seen it because sometimes. I go into a movie with preconceived notions. That I sometimes, watch. every time, <laughs> I try to be better about it, but sometimes, <laughs>
3: sometimes
2: you like. what he reads as like as fifty reviews, that, gets twenty I opinions. Laterally
0: go into and a and movie.
2: So anyway, all that to say, it does look fantastic. I I love I love I love the robots in it. I think it's fantastic. Like you said, it's about as close as they could get to having Star Wars on Earth. Um, I mean, even that massive ship. You know, US basically flying, you know, station that can destroy everything. God, that was, there's a lot of badass stuff in there, a lot Mm -hmm. of fantastic ideas. So, um, and you can see exactly where some of those came through. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, Edwards that came Mm -hmm. up with the E Wings, right? I'm not saying he did, but just the way it was shot. Then so some of the way the technology was used and all that stuff. I mean, you can see it on mm-hmm. in both, right? Yeah. They're very. There's a lot of connective DNA, a lot of connective tissue there. Now I can also see where Gilroy came in too, and you know added punched up a few spots. But that, yeah, but they, I mean,
3: but he, but but Edward still had the credit for director. It's kind of like what you know what uh, Martha Lucas did for George Lucas for Star Wars. They edited the story better. Everything was shot. And I think it's just re-edited. I mean you can make you can shoot a movie and edit it 50 different ways and it can be it'll be different.
2: Right, right, right. Um, so no, I do plan on watching the creator again. I I think it was a noble misstep at the very at the very worst. It's a noble misstep. Well, Michael, we can move on unless you really want to talk about your comic books. Well, I just wanted to say, as far as my geek this week goes, um, Every year, I do the reading challenge through Goodreads, and I include trade paperbacks on that, so that's why my number is so high. But even last year, I think I, I thought I'd do, I think it did like 45 in 2022. So I'm like, oh, I can do that in 2023. I didn't even get to half of that. It was terrible. I just didn't read enough last year. Um, but I'm off to a good start this year. I've read seven trades already in January, so I'm, I'm at a good step out. I'm, I'm reading a whole bunch of Batman. I've read Batman, Last Night on Earth. I read The Batman's Grave. Um, I even picked up another comic that I, a uh, newer comic called Radiant Black from Image. Anyhow, reading a bunch of comics and it, it makes my soul feel good. So that's my geek this week, reading all the comics I can.
3: Cool, cool. That's um, awesome. Listen, I've got time. We're, we're, we're up to an hour. I, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on what you're looking forward to in 2024 in any of these genres. Um uh yeah, that's coming up. Anything big for anyone?
2: What are... Don't everyone speak at once now. Come on.
0: Well oh, you, you you got you guys got the you have the pulse on what, what's coming and going and everything. Throw throw let's play a little uh potpourri here, throw out some things. I,
3: I don't have a ton. Um now when it comes to Star Wars, there's three things that are allegedly coming out in twenty twenty four. I, I say allegedly um, the acolyte is number one for me for Star Wars. If, yeah, if I would say I'm like, quite I'm, interested
0: in that one. It could go. It could go down a path that could have promise.
3: It could be that bold thing that's totally different. Um, I've read a little bit of um that era, uh, of those books, and I actually quite enjoyed them. I, I have to. I have to get jump back into it because I'm jumping around uh, in books. But, uh, um, oh, did we lose Chris? Not with us Chris. Um, maybe he'll pop back in, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the acolyte. Uh, in that, it, 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 that's coming up for sure. Um, anybody else on acolyte?
2: No, I'm. I, I'm excited. So, well, let's. So, okay, you mentioned Star Wars three things. You got the acolyte. What else? What else is coming out this year, Joe?
3: Um, we got Skeleton Crew. Okay. Anybody there? You, you, in, in your uh, what's our buddy that's leading that? Um, Jude Law? Jude Law. Jude Law in Star Wars? Anyone? Is he going to be a Jedi? Is he going to be a scoundrel? What's he going to be? A bounty hunter? What's his RPG role? Uh <laughs> And will will they will they pick up Ahsoka?
2: I think a second season of Ahsoka just makes sense. I think it's going to happen.
3: No, that that's already greenlit. Um, but, I mean, are they going to – like, is the end of Skeleton Crew, are they going to land – because they're supposed to be lost in space. It's kind of like a lost in space adventure, like, literally, like, taken from lost in space. Um, you think that maybe they'll run – because, like, they're stranded, right? But what if the Skeleton Crew and these kids happen to find Ahsoka? That
1: interesting.
3: That's my take. Maybe that little owl will like lead her, lead them to it, like through space. I don't know. There he is. Welcome back, Chris.
4: Sorry guys. I don't know what happened.
3: It's okay. We were just saying the two things, like we got the acolyte. I was wondering if you were interested in with that coming out and then skeleton crew for star Wars.
4: Yeah. Um, I got to say, I'm really stoked for the acolytes. I have dreams of Darth Plagueis and Darth Tenebris. Dancing around in my head. <laughs> um there is even a rumor cameo from Keanu Reeves that uh RFR reported on um yep. a while back. Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah. that I haven't heard mention of <laughs> um that's exciting. Uh
3: now it's during the end of the High Republic, which you know, Yoda's all through the High Republic, so it'd be kind of foolish not to have Yoda in this
4: yeah yeah and there's a wookie jedi right there's just like a lot of cool stuff built into that that i think leslie headland makes knows how to make sober cool s- spooky weird stories i don't doubt that this will follow in like the russian dolls kind of template to me like or not template but that that tone or mood i think could be amazing um and man like I, i've if any of you guys have read darth Plagueis the EU book, if they, if it's one quarter as creepy and dark and strange as that book is, man, that, that will be an amazing,
3: uh, I'm afraid to tie it to that. I I, I think they may hint at Darth Plagueis, but we'll see.
4: I wonder, I wonder, Uh, it could uh, certainly do a lot to like set the stages for all this cloning stuff. If they wanted to, they could play with that. They could, they could play with, yeah, the, the idea of, um, of extending you know beating mortality and things like that but or they could just simply play with cool new sith characters that we've never seen before um so that's yeah hard to beat that
3: did you read the darth bane series anyone i did not those are good books i can't remember that's where the rule of two begins yeah really good because there's like a bunch of sith a bunch of jedi and he's in the sith academy he's just like this is worthless so he just basically kills them all it's pretty it's really good that's but it's a dark
4: it. shit okay oh, is that where the sith army invades the jedi temple and just destroys it yeah is darth bane the guy with the kind of like the darth vader mask and the
3: Ah, uh, he the gets there yeah he's a big he's like bane as in big like almost like batman bane uh i'm sure that's where they still it from but yeah is, it's it's interesting interesting stuff yeah um, the, the third thing that i'm looking forward to is star wars is bad batch season three i don't know if you guys watch that but i i quite enjoy bad, bad Batch.
0: i've been watching those i would say it's like it's on uh, it, that like toes the line of stuff that are like i'm into it enough that i know i'll watch it but i'm never like oh my god i love this but i, I think if they start to Joe, we've talked about this before. I, the Clone Wars animated series, I, I believe I've watched every episode and there might be some episodes I've watched three or four times, but it, I, I never was the hugest fan of that. So I think as they take the Bad Batch and transition it out of Clone Wars era and more into original trilogy era, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Then like It might grab me a little more, but I've, I have been watching the first couple seasons. It's pretty fun.
2: Yeah, very cool. I got to say, for me, my hope for 2024 is, number one, that DC not DC, and Disney and basically all the companies kind of take a minute to get their shit together and realize that they're putting out too much and to focus more on quality over quantity. Because I fully admit, I know these Star Wars things are coming out, Joe. I know you're excited about them. Yes, I will watch them. I hope they're good, and I hope they're good too. But Alkalite sounds different, and I that does pique my interest. But it's it's not on my radar really. In that, I'm not even that excited about it.
3: When you see a preview, you'll be excited. I guarantee you'll be. It'll be that one of could previews. very well be.
2: I, I I always I always prefer the dark side as it is. Right, the dark side. has... I,
3: I had zero interest in Echo until I saw that preview in the show.
2: Right. And I'm the first to tell you that, Echo, you and I both said, we we both, well, at least I know, that when they dumped the whole season, I was like, oh, it's going to be shit. They dumped it. It's going to be shit. And I'm wrong. and I'm happy to say I'm wrong. But honestly, what I'm looking most forward to uh, this year are two things. Dune 2, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the first one was that fucking good. It was. It was. I mean, that is a movie... Right there to bring you back into the theater. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, uh, that, that's a must see in a the theater. Well, and plus, and part of that is just for the sound system. Yep. One of the things, Joe, you and I saw it doing together, and they had that sound tuned perfectly. Dialed in. Yeah, yes. So wherever you sat in that movie theater, when they started doing the thumping and all that stuff and everything that was going on, it was immersive. I loved it. I, I, I don't have. You know, I have a decent TV. I don't have a massive home theater or anything. But even if I had tens of thousands of dollars, I don't know if I could do that well, get that same experience that you can get in the theater like that. The screens are too big. The speakers are too big. I can't get that.
3: In my well, house. Michael, if you get the about 3500 you can get the uh, Apple goggles that just came out that you can <laughs> it and
2: be just like that experience. No. But other than that, uh, other than Dune 2... Madam Web. That's your second one. That's it. You got me, Joe. I'm super excited about Madam Web. No, God, that is, oh, that looks so <laughs> terrible. I don't want to. I don't want to go off on a tangent.
3: The longest running time of any Marvel film, any any Spider-Man universe film in the Sony um, world.
2: I'm actually excited for the only Marvel film coming out this year. Deadpool. Deadpool is going to save the MCU. I can tell oh, yeah, you that right yeah. now. Hey, hey, let me
0: now before I forget. And I might have my dates off or whatever, but you reminded me, X Men '97. I'm excited about
3: the the animation series. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, because we I, never like I, some of the X Men movies has sort of like started to flirt with like well executed films. Some of them were like First Class, I thought was good, but yes, I'm like, you know what? Like, should I just stop kidding myself? I just really want more of the '97 animated series,
1: and you're getting it.
3: Mr. Dunn, what are you looking forward to in 2024?
1: Um, Deadpool 3, Dune 2, and honestly, that's about it. There's really, there's really not much on my radar that I'm like, ooh, yay. Honestly, the biggest thing for me is Deadpool 3. And wow. it's... How is he going to combine everything and Bring himself into the MCU and are they going to give Ryan Reynolds carte blanche?
2: They have so far and it's worked.
0: Yeah. I I didn't need to beat a dead horse, but I'm super excited about that too.
3: Well, this is the first time it's under feige rule, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so we'll see. Chris, what about you?
4: I forgot about Dune 2. Dune 2 is going to be high class top-notch filmmaking i will definitely see in that that in the theater at least once and definitely in imax yes um yeah i caught i was able to catch dune one in imax and it was outstanding yeah i that and acolyte i i worry about skeleton crew uh i i'll be surprised honestly i saw you know you see the the promo stills of like the kid with the dots on his face and stuff and He's supposed to be like a little baby uh, elephant, uh, the blue elephant character. Oh, really? Yeah, like a little kid version of the that. keyboard like, player? That could be Max terrible. Rebo? Yeah, like, yes, I, a, a young...
2: Max Rebo. Yeah, Max Rebo, yeah.
4: <laughs> that could be terrible, but it could be great. But it could also be, I don't know, that show sounds a little flimsy to me.
2: Who doesn't want a young Max Rebo character? I mean, come on. You know,
3: he's proven himself in the Spider-Man series, so that's that's got a lot for me. Like, he made all three of the Spider-Man movies, um, and so he's. I think he's got a good tone and a good way of storytelling, so I have some faith in that anyways. We'll see. Yeah. For me, I'm going to throw one out at you guys that I'm looking forward to, because I really liked how they rebooted the series. It's 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 been probably over the last... 12 years uh, that the series has played out, but kingdom of the planet of the apes looks fucking cool to me. Um, and I just love the reboot of that stuff. Uh, they're very, very emotionally driven characters. Um, even though they're CGI apes. but man, they just, it's just such a story that like to, to get you to care about the animal more than humans is a very, uh, at least for those first three Movies, you 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 know the the humans are the assholes, but now it's going to shift over again to like like the first Planet of the Apes movie back in you know the the seventies that came out, and I'm looking forward to what they do here and and and, and how that works out, and uh, uh, I, I just think it's uh, it's 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 one of those things that like that whole world arguably pushed sci-fi way further ahead than anything else back then when i was a kid watching those on the four o'clock movie and they were done like in the 70s and you're watching the planet of the eight movies you're just like holy shit it it, it was you didn't know it was great
2: makeup back then it was incredible incredible we take it for granted now but that reveal at the end of the first movie yeah blew people's minds right yeah so yeah that that, that was like
0: yeah that was a heck of a
2: and i was
0: i wasn't around for the original stuff i was born in 82 but yeah the new movies i've enjoyed them i've enjoyed them and and then joe i do like the art you're kind of talking about it's like i think it is easy to make the human race the bad guy because i think we all have that like self-hate as a species so that's easy to do but i like it when it goes and then you're like no no fuck those monkeys go back to testing shampoo on (laughs) them Wow! Wow. You're gonna get get there eventually, you know. We're not, you know, like that's that's like our the human condition. Like, yeah, we have that uh, empathy, but it only goes so far.
3: Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. And other than that, I don't really, you know, I don't know exactly what's coming out. Um, you know, I'd have to go through the whole list, but in my head, that's what I've been looking forward to. And
2: well, let me throw a couple highlights out there and people can يناير navy these. Uh, furiosa Mad Max saga the uh...
0: hey, didn't i text you guys about that look
2: there's something that i i would could
0: not be more potentially excited about but when i saw the trailer and i saw how little it appeared that they were using practical effects it kind of just broke my heart
3: i have about oh, a point, 0.002% uh, interest in this this movie
0: why I, I you that, it it did break my heart, but I'm still kind of excited about it. Because Mad Max bad Fury Road, I don't know, one of my top favorite geek things of the past 20 years.
3: I up. just I just didn't get into it. it was just, I didn't saw nothing new. It's like, okay, another, let's just, the world's in a bad spot. Let's race for fuel. Like, okay, they did this in the 70s. It's not any better. You just have better effects now. So the story's not any better.
2: Uh, I would say that uh, Fury Road is way better than Beyond Thunderdome, though.
3: Yeah, that was the third of a bad franchise. I mean, but the, the, not better than, you know, Mad Max. And then. Well, C- I mean, I think, look,
2: you were getting
0: into this territory, which is what makes our debates so yeah. fruitful, <laughs> is you have to define better. Because I would say, in some, to some extent, Mad Max Fury Road did a thing better than any movie ever in terms of the car stuff, the vehicles, you know, real ones. Now, okay, then you could say a bunch about Joe. You could say, well, yeah, there's nothing new about the story. I mean, I can't argue that. But to me, some of the stuff they did, I'm like, I've never seen it done that well.
3: I guess what I'm saying is that they they had the story from before. Why did, didn't they take it further? Where could they go? They didn't go any further than, than what was given to them before. It's like saying, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back went further than Star Wars. It changed it. <laughs> It just, it, these aren't going any further. It's like alien movies. They're not any further than they were. Here's the here's the monster coming to get me. Okay, I've seen it five fucking times. How many different times are you gonna do it?
2: No, so aliens took things further.
3: Aliens did, but nothing after that. Correct. Right. So it's like, what are you gonna do? Okay, you're gonna chase each other in sand again. Great. Looking for fuel. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's like a, again, it's, it's you're not like factually wrong, but I think this is <laughs> one of those Joeisms where I'd be like, yeah, but you're choosing to apply it to this, and that logic yeah, can be applied to, apply to a Five tropes right. that exist in any element of storytelling—they all are. Well, no well one's I be have
2: point in to. that. So, the original Mad Max, Mad Max Two, Mad Max Three—you um, know—it starts right before the apocalypse happens, and then Road Warrior—it's already happened. And then, you know, beyond Thunder Rome, it's still in the middle of it. So, Fury Road comes out, and there you have Max, and there you have Furiosa. So, they can't be that far into the apocalypse, maybe 10, 15 years tops. This is obviously jumping back 20 years, and it's the same world. It really should be the, the same world pre apocalypse, just like the third Mad, Mad Max. So, if i hate to do this to defend joe (laughs) but that is a huge continuity error
3: or take it to a spot like okay how do how does something come out of the apocalypse to to begin anew and what threatens that newness what threatens the the survival maybe that's a, a stronger story like you've got all this death and sand and you can't grow but maybe there's a spot where they're, that through human innovation they found a way to survive, and here's an o- oasis of some sort. And the threatening of it is maybe it's more of a war over this this area to keep the bandits and create order again. You know, a government and and get back to what society was. I don't know. It, it seems like no one's ever done like post apocalyptic goodness. It's always oh, yeah, like what you just uh,
0: I was like Walking Dead's hit that one on the head like three times. They've, they've rehashed that same idea. Every, oh, there's a new village where they figured it out. Oh, totally gotta, agree. I, That's why I don't oh, watch I don't it anymore.
3: After, 100% agree. That's why after three seasons, I'm like, okay, done. Because they haven't been moving forward.
2: But Joe, they did find land in Waterworld, so
3: there is that. There you go. You're oh, right. yeah. <laughs> And the postman did deliver Yeah, yeah. Take
0: your pick, Joe. Tom Petty. You can go way completely over the board on practical effects. You either get Mad Max, Free Road, or you get Waterworld. Take your pick. That's It's binary.
3: I don't care how they do the effects. I just care, like, where are they going to take that story? That's all.
4: To bring the conversation all the way back to the beginning, maybe this is the ultimate expression of fear when you don't have a George Lucas at the helm who's going to push and push and push open that story further and further that like when it's in the hands of just corporate boardrooms and stuff, they come up with like the Terminator franchise, which stops going anywhere after a certain point and repeats. You're you're really right. I mean, there's a lot of these alien Mad Max. There's a lot of this stuff where, um, yeah, you're just like, all right, here we go again. Like that's playing it real safe.
2: I agree with you. But also back to what kind of like you said with Barbie was, if it's the story, you can still make it interesting because case in point, Predator should be in that list of they keep trying the same thing, but then they did Prey and they revitalized it, but they went and did something different and told, I mean, the story is not that different from the first movie, but it's a good story and they focused on the characters you became involved in and matched. So
3: Now for me to be a complete hypocrite, I'll watch John Wick 50.
0: <laughs> you know, I did just start watching those I watched John Wick 1, John Wick 2 because to this point I've never watched any of them and, and I got sick of people telling me I look like John Wick and yet I haven't seen any of the movies so I started watching them
1: And I so
3: was like yeah I'm fucking back
0: they're kind of fun but not really my thing necessarily they're kind of fun I guess
3: come on you were pissed after they killed his puppy come oh on. well yeah
0: like again yeah. You know, talk about fucking a cheap pop like, yeah yeah. Like, the, oh, I don't know. How are we going to make people fear, for, you know, care about this guy? Let's kill a fucking puppy. Like, come
2: yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It worked for me. Worked for me.
3: <laughs> worked for me. Um, all right. Any, I mean, we could keep going forever and I don't want to have to get to that, but any Any other last thoughts or uh, whether it's Star Wars, whatever that you want to get out for? And, and thank you guys all for being part of our. 200th episode extravaganza. I hope we do another 200. Um, uh, uh, I love working on this thing. We we know we're not, you know, the the world of podcasting has changed. Um, Speaking of the corporate world, uh, I'm going to get on my little soapbox here. Um, Podcasts are being pushed out. I mean, we, we really are now like you, like for someone to actually find us now is not like it used to be with Apple where they would just throw random stuff up there. Now it is, really corporate like you are either part of a network uh you are either or you're just not even heard um the world of advertising is completely destroyed uh this area (laughs) um but as long as all i fight for uh so those that listen out there just just make sure you understand that like keep rss feed podcasts alive um uh, it's just your way of connecting with people, an easy way to get your podcast. Because somewhere down the road, it will end up like Spotify, where like you got to pay a subscription to get all all podcasts, and the, they they want to end RSS feeds. They they really do. Uh, and then we'll end up being like um, what was that uh, Christian Slater movie where he was the pirate radio? Pump up the volume! Pump up the volume! We'll be pumping yeah. up the volume here, wow. and. Um,
0: I, sure. I love it when you Gen Xers like harken back to stuff or I'm like, Oh, what was, tell me Joe, tell me about that time before. I
3: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The I, fourth,
1: could,
3: I could have went back to uh, Christian Slater and gleaming the cube, but I won't go there either.
2: Good God. Show your age, Joe.
3: Just look at the screen, buddy.
2: He <laughs> already did it. The Hill Street blues reference. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah. So just, yeah. you know, I love doing this podcast and we, I just hope that the, the infrastructure is still there. Over the next three, four years, uh, that we were able to do it without
2: penalty. And and in the name of uh, late stage capitalism, uh, Spotify, Amazon, or SiriusXM, we can be bought. (laughs) 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 I'm joking. I'm joking.
4: I've told uh, Joe this a couple of times. I I catch you guys, uh, I catch this podcast, and I, uh, I enjoy listening to the two of you every time. Um, I, I think you guys bring it. It's nice. Um, you guys have an intimate way of doing this. So long live Kybercast. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, Joe, yeah, How much no.
2: did you pay Chris to say this? Because thank you. Hey, hey too much. much. Not too much.
1: much. <laughs> nice check.
0: Two hundred <laughs> nostalgia. What has been your two guys' biggest argument? The biggest one I heard was, and I have, I, I, I haven't heard all your podcasts, but the biggest one I heard. Was the one where it was how much did or did not or how much credit should or should not Stan Lee get for Marvel? That was one <laughs> where I remember it drug on so long. I remember sitting there being like, "Okay, guys, time to move on."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: probably a pretty big one. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think that might be one of our biggest ones for sure, Michael. I, it is. I'm happy for you. I heard the biggest one.
2: I, I think, I think, I think, Alan's got it right because. I'm ready to start arguing right now about that. So. <laughs> calm, calm down, calm down. Yeah, for anybody who's just
0: tuning in, go search that episode, and you will hear these guys beat a dead horse like
1: no ever been
2: No, it's funny because you know a lot of things actually. Joe and I, we're actually pretty similar, but there are a couple things are. We're just dissimilar enough where for, we cannot agree at all. For
3: me, the biggest thing – the biggest argument in my opinion, Alan, is how someone can like science fiction and fantasy so much but will refuses to watch Lord of the Rings. Like, no, I saw the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. you no. Know, that's one movie. You didn't – like I just – I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You shouldn't
2: it's, it, have to read the book to understand what the fuck's going on. You don't like, have to read Michael the book to understand what's has, going on. Michael don't.
0: definitely has some tiny little blind spots of hypocrisy that. that I feel like you, know, you, you, you do not you, have have
3: you don't have to read the books to understand what's going on at all.
0: i ne- um, never it, read any Lord of the Rings books, and I, and I did. but I really enjoyed all the
1: movies. Great It's adventure. a tour de
3: fort. It's an amazing feat of what was accomplished. Uh, I will uh,
1: watch
2: them. You, so need, right to watch. No you need to have,
1: You need to have a marathon of all the extended
2: versions. Yes, I feel like that's a waste of time. When I- I like I a, it's I a
0: huge time commitment, but I wouldn't that's call it a waste. That's
2: twelve of time. hours of your day, right there. I don't know. What if I uh, the sequel to Rebel Moon's coming out? I don't know. <laughs> the, the,
3: the next time you get COVID, Michael, there you go.
2: Wow. <laughs> 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 next time. We're all going to get it again at some point.
4: Have you guys had any favorite moments that stand out over the past five years where you just either I do. wait? I, I,
3: I do. Um, when we had um, a guest on our show, uh, oh my God, now I'm drawing up like Michael, comic book editor. Heather? Heather Antos. Heather's great. She was great. And I, I was such an idiot uh, on that show and asked no, the wrong, good. wrong good. questions. Uh, I didn't know much. Uh, I just really enjoyed somebody who's a, she was a true professional in her field. Um, takes a lot of shit, but like, I just really enjoyed talking to, to her a lot. It was, it was very, very, and I wish we could find it. I wish we had some kind of producer that we can find a way to get some guests like that a little more, um, <clears throat> prominence, not that anybody would be prominent, but somebody that I can actually learn something from. She was fantastic. Just so fantastic. The
2: great thing about that episode for me was indeed Joe's naivete on that. So, <laughs> uh, not that I want to get really into it, but uh, Heather is, she's fantastic. Like Joe said, she is a consummate professional. But years back, she got some uh, flack from these. I don't know if you know what comic skaters are, but basically, anti-woke comic book fans, right? And they came after her hard. And Joe just very innocently kind of asked her, you know, being a woman in, you know, traditionally, you know, a a very geeky industry, have you ever you know, dealt with anything from, you know, basically misogynistic men? And I'm just like, I I can't cut him off. He's saying it. And I'm like, oh, Joe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she has. Yeah. but she was cool about it. She loved the fact that you didn't know because she wants to move beyond that. Yeah. yeah. And she appreciated that fact. So it was, it was a fantastic moment and probably one of my favorite episodes as well.
3: It was good. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. I'm I'm, I'm excited and, and to move this forward. And I think our... Um, the big announcement i like to make, though, is uh, hopefully episode 201, we're going to finally move this to YouTube as well. I feel like that's a place that that could help um, worry, take a little bit of the worry of the RSS feeds away yeah. that, that go away. Maybe uh, now we have faces for podcasts, but we'll do our best to uh, make the lighting a little bit better and maybe be a little more YouTube ready. But um, we're going to try it this year and see how well, it
2: goes. That's why Shaley painted this room, just so I could go on YouTube. Nice. No, that's not true. But yeah.
0: Well, Michael, you know, and Joe a little bit too. Like, yeah, like YouTube is kind of still a little bit of the Wild West. Michael, you saw some things I've been dabbling throwing some stuff on YouTube. Like, yeah, it seems like a lot of stuff, like, look, if you get booted out everywhere else,
2: you can always throw stuff up on YouTube. They're taking practically anything. Yeah, and uh, they don't have, as far as I know, they don't have storage limits on YouTube. That's why uh, when, when Alan and I, when we first did our podcast before this yeah. podcast, we we didn't do all the rss we just just straight to youtube because we didn't have to worry about you know storage limits boom there's the podcast listen to it and then alan moved (laughs) (laughs) hey hey we it did
0: its job wnrd did its job and then out of it burst the Kybercast.
2: that's right i'm a veteran now
3: now to be fair um chris where, where you and i started a Little bit of a podcast called the Escape Podcast for a hot minute. For, we started that was the that's how this kind of feared into here. We just got so busy we couldn't we couldn't keep it for And and one of his good friends uh gave us a theme song that was fucking amazing. Um,
4: that was a really good theme song. Oh my god, was
3: it good? Um, oh, did you want to do another one? <laughs>
4: he's a professional music composer in yeah. every sense the word he's been yeah. you know monkeying with uh digital samplers and keyboards since the early the late 80s so and he and he's uh, he's obsessive and he loves star wars more than life itself so he i was like can you and he was just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> it was incredible
3: it was very good
2: I, I we have, this, okay.
4: yeah we yeah. i should we should you guys should be you know feel feel free uh you know he'll he would make you one in a in a heartbeat
0: no, was well, why don't you just recycle the old one? That
4: thing's
3: just sitting doing nothing right now.
4: That's true. That would be
3: great. I, it had its time. Uh, <laughs> I I did the one. I, I, yeah, you don't of,
0: yeah. that's been done. You got to go somewhere new. Go
3: somewhere new. I I did the uh, the intro to this this podcast, which is probably played out now, but I kind of like it when I hear it. It's just not, I don't know if anybody ever even listens to the words when it when it first starts. And, yeah,
0: yeah. I, well, I haven't recently, but that's the it's the uh, the uh, the forces one with me and one with the force or whatever that whole deal. Yeah,
3: yeah, but it has the solo preview music that was uh, I used this from the movie Solo. Preview music in the background uh, uh, is where whoa. is where I pulled that from. Nice. And I don't High even know light. if anybody gets to the end of the podcast with the stuff at the end. You guys listen to it all the way to the end. I always wanted to ask listeners.
0: I I have a few times because you know I put it on and I just leave it on right and it just runs to the end and then yeah. like yeah then all of a sudden it's like oh there's the outro music.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is a cool episode. All they work, no one cares about Joe. Yeah. <laughs>
3: No, I just find, I I found the words from Star Wars that were funny. It was like, you know, I ended it with uh, uh, Han Solo shooting the console, saying it was a boring conversation anyway, and then it ends. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it always cracked me up. Every time I edit edit the show, I'm like, huh.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank, Thank you all for contributing in some way, shape, or form, not only to this episode, but I know each of you have been on at least once, if not more.
3: They'll be on again, I hope, if they want.
2: I'll be back. Yeah, we still need to do that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse episode. That's right. Uh, We've talked about Alan. I'm sure we will talk Star Wars and uh, other things. And then Chris, I I am sure we will also talk to you about Star Wars at some point.
3: When I need an ally, I'll bring Chris on to help me.
4: uh, I would love that.
3: Get through.
2: The one thing that is fun was when Alan comes on is that you don't – know whose side he's gonna take and sometimes it's me and sometimes it's Joe.
3: I know exactly whose side he's gonna take Alan's side.
2: Well yeah
3: but
0: (laughs) in in any given time one of you gets lucky and chooses the right side of the argument. (laughs) (laughs) And you both 5050 on being
2: right. Well on that note about getting lucky. (laughs) All All right Michael
3: Let's ask fans and listeners how they can uh, get with us. And then, you know, Josh, if you're out there listening, so sorry you were going to be on this episode. We will get back with you, and we will get you on an episode very, very soon.
2: hundred uh, percent. But for anyone else out there, if you'd like to follow what we're doing, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and threads at KyberCast, or if Facebook is more your jam, you can find us uh, both a group and a page at the kybercast.
3: And if you want to check out our Patreon page, go to patreon.com slash kybercast. Or if you really want to help out the show, smash that subscribe button like the kids do. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about our episode or our show. They can go to pretty much any podcatcher except for Google's now. Are they done now, Michael? Is your Not until April. Kid? Okay. Uh, that'll be closing down. They'll be sunsetting that uh, as Google sunsets in the next 10 years. Um <laughs> Uh, send of any podcatcher or check out our website at kyrocast.com. All of our shows are always streaming there via SoundCloud. So that being said, uh, thanks to the group. We've got Alan Lugo, Chris Eikens here, Michael Dunn, and, of course, Michael Diaz. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, this is the way. I have spoken.
0: What a piece of junk.
1: conversation anyway.